Welcome to the CDM Podcast, a production of Contagious Disciple Making. We exist to catalyze movement through coaching, community, and communication. We created this podcast to help everyday Christians to become world-changing disciple makers. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you're listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can download the CDM app. Come join the growing platform where you can access our praying community of disciple makers and learn from our podcasts, blogs, and videos that will help you know how to make disciples in your life and ministry. While you're on there, you can support this podcast by following the link to our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue to offer and create new content and support disciple makers like you as you transform your communities with the gospel of the kingdom. And as a thank you, those who give at least $5 a month will have access to our premium content that dives even deeper into the challenges and tips for disciple making. The following is a portion of our Giving Tuesday live event, where Paul and Rebecca chatted with disciple makers from around the world. For more information on partnering with CDM, go to ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com slash partner. Hi, everyone. We are live with CDM, and it's good to have you here today. And we are having a lot of technical difficulties. So we thank you for joining us today because, hey, we have a lot of stuff good planned. I hope maybe some of you have gotten our email that comes out. We're going to be talking about how we can be able to mobilize Christians in order to be able to seek movement here in the United States. How our partners across the world are starting their are continuing their journeys to seek movement and where they are. And, and also just how can we revitalize the church and be able to see all this come together to where we can see total transformations of our cities, of our counties, and our nations as a result in all of this. How does this all fit together? We're going to be talking in detail about that today, as well as talk about the various different initiatives and things that CDM is going to be doing to work alongside with you to be able to do that. And so, uh, guys, I just re- uh, so excited to be able to work with you today. Have your friends come on, sign on, be commenting, liking this, and be able to be interactive with what we are doing uh, today. So, our first particular session that we will be doing is going to be with uh, you know a group of people talking about our dis- uh, disciple making communities. Now, those of you who are no uh, who are no strangers to CDM knows that disciple making communities are small groups of people that we form to be able to do certain tools that help some be able to to uh, team together to engage the lost in such a way they can start discovery groups with those who don't know Jesus and see them come to know Jesus and pass that on to other people. And also they will mobilize prayer and also do good for their community. So it's like a a team that comes together and says, we're going to work together in our daily, weekly lives to be able to make a difference in, in trying to make disciples who make disciples and do good for our cities and mobilize prayer for those. So the, 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 they're basically a small group format that any church can be able to do with um, any of their people who are interested and have a per- burden to be able to do these things. And so whenever people come to us and they say, how can we be able to get the people around us active and, and doing this? We always talk uh, instead about just trainings only. We talk about forming disciple-making communities because we know that as we start doing, 
we're going to actually see this happen in and around us. And so we have a few of the people today that have a couple of disciple-making communities of their own that uh, one has just started on their journey and one has been on their journey for a little bit and hearing from them and their experiences that we have together. So uh, why don't we go ahead and bring them on? Uh, So we have um, Michael. And from San Diego, as well as Ashley and Stephen Kane. And also we have Jolene. Um, And so Jolene and Michael are both from the same disciple making community inside of San Diego. And then the Canes are from, was it Dallas, Fort Worth area, that kind of area around there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That big metroplex practically could be a state in of itself, uh, you know, area part of Texas. Um, and, and everything. And they just started their journey versus Jolene and Michael have been a little bit uh, on this journey for a while. I, uh, thank you so much for joining uh, us. I know that Jolene and Michael have been friends with us for a long while. So first off, why don't you first introduce yourselves and what initially brought you into disciple making in the first place? We'll start with, uh, you know, Jolene, then Michael, and then the Canes. Yeah, I'm Jolene Burtz, and I live in a small little town called Escondido, which is in San Diego uh, County, California. And um, I, our family, we have two kids, my husband and I, we homeschool. Um, we love hanging out with our neighbors, um, and we are super excited about just being here today to share with you what an important part um, of our lives CDM is. And um, our disciple-making community has made a, a big difference in our lives. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Michael, go ahead. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Michael. Uh, I also live in Escondido uh, here in California. Um, I'm part of Jolene's uh, disciple-making community. And uh, my family and I have been uh, with them for um, a couple years now. And uh, I'm also a uh, intern with uh, CDM for a little over a year now. Um, so we actually got connected with CDM through Jolene and her family. So it's been a, it's been an adventure and uh, glad to be on it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, good to have you too, Michael. Uh, it was, it was such a cool thing to hear from Jolene, your st- beginning of your story. And then from that, <laughs> being able to meet you, I remember sitting there got reading some of the stories that even that you wrote about how you were beginning to engage with your coworkers and things like that going, I really want to meet this guy. He sounds fun. He sounds cool. And he's do it. He's starting to do it. This is great. Um, and then the Canes, you guys just started with us not too long ago, right? Yeah. About maybe five months ago, I guess. It seems like forever ago though, but yeah. So I'm Steven and this is Hi, Ashley. Yeah. We're out in Garland, Texas. So over in the DFW area, you might be able to hear a two-year-old in the background. She's a, you know, some crowd support. So but, but yeah, have your own hype section. That's a, it's, that's good. <laughs> it's nice. it's two year olds are the best hypes. So, but yeah, we got involved with CDM actually through a story through Jolene. Like she was talking about like on like this other interview, like just about like her experience in her neighborhood and like all the things that are happening. And I was like, man, I really want that. And so that's how I got tied in with all y'all. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, let me ask you, uh, this is kind of free for all question of whoever wants to, to begin on this particular topic, but you know, uh, since you have begun with, you know, with our CDM community, I think all of you have taken our class, you know, uh, we've been coaching with you and things like that. What is, how has that shaped 
what you want to see happen in and around in your community. Um, so what do you want to see happen, uh, you know, in some specificities? Hop in there, guys. It's okay. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing from the class uh, I took away was how the gospel is not, not just a spiritual transformation, how there's actually uh, Jesus talks about people being healed and people being delivered from things, the um, captive being set free. So I've just expanded my vis vision from people just hearing the gospel um, and maybe having a spiritual salvation to my whole community maybe being transformed and things being redeemed. So that's, that's me. Awesome. Yeah. Anybody want to add on that? I'll add. Yeah. Just the, the idea that with movement, we are not just trying to have um, bring a few people in, whether it's Christians or believe or, or non-Christians, just have a few people in. We are trying to permeate all of our society and culture. And so whether we're thinking about prayer um, and mobilizing prayer among believers or trying to engage the lost and trying to reach their people, um, we're, we're talking about moving out and spreading out versus bringing a few people in to be with us. So this is something that multiplies and that um, multiplication doesn't just happen with discovery Bible studies among the lost. It happens with believers in prayer and engagement and sharing stories and training and coaching people. The whole thing is a movement mindset. And I'm even, even just five years into this, still trying to wrap my mind around, okay, this is movement is, is, and it permeates everything that we're, we're doing um, as Christians and in reaching the lost. And so it's about moving out and, and multiplying outward. Well, you know, I, I think that to, to both of your points that you're making right there, uh, Ashley, and, you know, the idea of everyone thinks like we want more people to come to know Jesus. Well, the reality is, is that along with that, we're going to be doing good works. We're going to be going out there and meeting the needs and trying to really address the hard issues that are around us. And that actually gives us more of an opportunity to be able to get to know people, to be able to help them come to know Jesus. It's, it's, it's something that goes hand in hand. And that's something we're going to talk a lot about today is the fact that a lot of people think movement is for radical people out there who are just doing, you know, the, the radical few and that it's just this off stream, this one thing that some people that happens and can do something when it's something that actually can unite us all together. We want to see transformation happen. We want to do good. And, but now these tools of, of, of discovery Bible study and things that will allow us to be able to pass on things in a movement like way actually can be incorporated into everything that we do. And so it's not just these separate things, but and now, in fact, it's even more powerful when we bring them together. And so to, to uh, Jolene's point, it's not just something that we can get a few more people in. It, it can permeate everything. So how about you, Michael? What is something for you you feel like has really struck you as to help you feel like what is your burden for your area? What would you like to see happen? Yeah. I think it's uh, it's something that's reinforced every time I go to uh, our DMC, and that is just um, it's it's going to take work, it's going to take time to see our our uh, you know neighborhoods and communities transformed. And I think for me, part of that vision is my own neighborhood. After um, 
getting to hear and even kind of experience some of what uh, Jolene and Jonathan have seen in their neighborhood that God has done. I think a big part of the vision for me is to see that happen with uh, our own neighbors. Um, my mom has done such a good job of uh, intentionally engaging our neighbors and building friendships with them. Um, and now that I'm back down in San Diego full time, um, I'm excited to kind of help with that and um, contribute to that. And I think seeing them, seeing our neighborhood transform, starting with these families that we have relationships with, I think is uh, something I really want to see. Awesome. Uh, you know, guys, uh, when it comes, we're about ready to talk about your D, uh, DMCs. I want to hear about what is the thing that you are the most excited about uh, and the things that you enjoy the most when it comes to your disciple-making communities that you have. But just as a, a, a reminder to the people out there about disciple-making communities, you know, when I first had the the burden to be able to mobilize Christians in order to make a difference in local Great Commission, Great Commandment work and getting them involved in their communities. I started by doing all the stuff that most people do, the rallies, the trainings, the the uh, little classes, you know, the, 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 the information pushes, you know, you, you try to do that. And while that did raise excitement temporarily, it didn't actually lead to permanent change or any type of lasting change or fruit. In fact, as soon as the, it seemed that the events were done, it was, and everything returned back to normal. I was able to see, Hey, it, it takes the fact that we need to get this into our daily lives. We need to know what it's like that this week, what am I going to do this week in order to see that happen? And that started getting me the idea. We need communities of people. We need communities of people that meet weekly to be able to plan what are we going to do this week? And that's what led eventually to the disciple making community concept. And so I want to hear from you guys. What is the thing that you're the most excited, the, the thing you love the most being a part of your disciple making community? I think for me, um, the disciple making community uh, with Jolene and her family and the other families that are in it, uh, I told them that it to me, it's the spiritual community I've always wanted. It's what I've always been looking for um, because it's it's a group of people who have, you know, it's a variety of personalities, different spiritual giftings, but we all have kind of a shared vision for what we want to see God do in our city, in our neighborhoods, um, our communities. Um, but we also have a lot of fun while we do it and no shortage of laughs. And uh, I think the fellowship aspect, like it's not simply we're getting together to, um, you know, formulate a plan. Like it's just business. It's, it's fellowship. It's us getting together. We're enjoying a meal together. We're laughing and sharing stories and updating each other. Um, but we're also praying for one another and sharing our burdens um, as we walk this disciple making journey out together. And so to me, it really is the community I've always wanted. So I love my DMC. <laughs> Paul, isn't that something that you said that community is closely tied to mission? That's right. So one of the one of the biggest mistakes I think that we've made in in our church context and perhaps even Western society as a whole is that we've thought that by talking about community, by focusing on community, by telling us how much we need community and what community looks like, that we would actually achieve this idea or this concept or this feeling of being in community. But when I started looking at it, I was like, you know, we're just not getting the community within the church context, within my own life. 
that uh, that I would I was seeing in other places, uh, you know, whether that would be like the um, the 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 EMT community or the um, special forces community or things like that. So I started thinking, OK, these are people. It doesn't matter how long and how they've been separated from one another. It doesn't uh, matter how many miles are from one another. They'll drop everything and they will run out to help one another and even fly across the nation to do so, even if they hadn't seen each other for years. So how do we get that community? Because that's the kind of community that I think everyone is longing for. And so how do we get that community? And when I started to do a deep dive in how community was actually created, I realized community is made as we do things together, as we are on a mission together. And Jesus gave us a mission. You know, that the idea of a great commission. And uh, and if we start to pursue that, if we start to pursue leaning into disciple making uh, together, making disciples together, being community together, if we start pursuing that, then we actually get community. Community is a fruit of walking alongside one another, of doing things together, of experiencing hard things together, of experiencing blessings together. Either way you look at it, community is a fruit. And if we're not pursuing the Great Commission, we're not going to have community. So uh, who else, guys? What is something that you're really excited about when it comes to your disciple-making community, the thing that you like the most? I'll, I'll tag on to um, what Michael was saying. Um, we in our community um, are regularly each week asking how can we be meeting the needs of our community and what are the needs of our community? How can we be praying? What, what hurts God's heart? Um, what's broken in our, in our areas. And in that has, uh, it's been, you know, months and months of, of praying through this and using passages to kind of uh, prepare our hearts to be thinking about what what do we want our our um, community to look like, um, and how does it look now? And in that, um, our disciple making community, our members have have seen just the the brokenness in the school systems, and um, the abortion industry, in the homelessness, in the graffiti, in um, all kinds of issues in our in our um, city. And since then, we've had multiple people on, in our disciple-making community partner together and go out together. Like my father, who's in our disciple-making community, and another guy are joining together and attending city council meetings every month. Mm -hmm. So they're learning about what those needs are in a, even a greater capacity and building relationships with the people in the city council. And um, mm -hmm. My family and a few of the other women actually who are now new believers in the community in, in our neighborhood are joining together to attend um, the school board PTO and PTO meetings. And so they're they're getting involved in the schools. Um, and so um, also people are getting in, um, together and doing engagements together and going on ski trips with lost people together. So our community isn't just meeting once a week. We're, we're doing life together throughout the week and uh, really making an impact in the community in places um, that are broken. And so that's that's been a kind of a new development that we've been seeing in our disciple making community that's really exciting that I feel like we're not just we're not just looking at our neighbors, um, which, which is huge because a lot of Christians don't even know their neighbors. So that's huge. But then also uh, what what 
who are the players in our city that, that really we need to be building relationships with, whether it's government or school officials or that. Um, so that's what I'm really excited about right now. You know, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Julie. This is one of the things that we we're going to be talking about that Ashley kind of implied in some, uh, so far as widening the scope here is that we, we, we look at what's happening out in our communities right now in our nation, that there are things broken in our government, in our schools, in our, in, in, in neighborhoods and all is, we see all this brokenness that, that is, that is, of course, stems from being spiritually lost and also not following God, but it's, practically affecting how we do everything and and all the fruit that comes from that. And so what we're trying to show in CDM is that it, it's not just, hey, if we can get everybody saved, maybe eventually something might happen. It's actively putting these things together and saying, we're going to obey as Christians to go out there and engage in government and schools and attend the meetings and help those that need help. And we're going to do that. But as we are doing so, we're going to be developing relationships with the people around us, get to know the people on the PTO, uh, uh, parent teacher, uh, you know, um, to, uh, assembly. Is it, is that what the ACE <laughs> Anyway, the people association, had, association doesn't association, really matter. Assembly, whatever. That was like more of a churchy word. But anyway, the other, <laughs> uh, getting to know the people, like getting to know the people on the school boards, getting to know people who are just going out there and skiing and things like getting to know these people so that we can uh, can be able to share Jesus with them and then be able to start discovery groups with them. So it's a, it's a both and that permeates and starts transforming everything. And when we band together to do that, then we're actually being able to lock arms and be able to see this happen. And that's part of the fun part of disciple-making communities. We don't have to go out there and do it on our own. We can have people to go out there on ourselves. Awesome. Now, I saw the Canes just about to unmute and everything else. So I want to make sure yeah. to hear from ahead, them and, uh, and everything. So Stephen, Ashley, dive <laughs> in. Tell us about your disciple-making community. Sure. Let me go first, baby. Um, I can say something really quick, just going off of the being more effective as a community um, uh, our group has started doing the conversation quadrant together and we have a giant one that we all put all of the people in our, you know, spheres on. So it's like six of us, but on our conversation quadrant, there's like 50 people. So just going off of what you said about as a group, you know, we have 50 people right now on our quadrant together and there's just a little tiny group of us. So I just think that's really amazing. Um, that's what excites me about being on a team. So yeah. Yeah, you what excites me about being on a team is really just, it's like the stories that are starting to come out of it. Mm -hmm. Like when we have our dinners every week, basically sit down and we talk and we start asking, Hey, what stories from this week? And at yeah. the beginning it was kind of like a trickle, like crickets. Yeah. But now it's, I think a few months ago, like everybody had a really good story that week. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Like mm -hmm. completely different <laughs> where it was before in terms of like team on mission, going together and just, going for it i like yeah. that and i also really like like the parties we support each other on yeah. where you know, we're all doing like our all individual engagements getting to know people and talk yeah but we're also we do these big parties where we maybe we have like 20 to 40 people show up in so-and-so's network yeah. and that network we just help each other and serve and it's really cool to see yeah i like what you're talking about and banding together like that because there are things that are going to be more uh that need help 
You know, when you have 40 people in your home because you invited the people that you know over, it's kind of nice to have some people show up and be and to be helpful and to be present. And that's beautiful in those times because then your disciple making community members can be weaving and moving among the crowd and having conversations with people that you might not get into because you're stuck in a corner having a really serious, meaningful conversation with someone else. And so when you have that team understanding, you're like, all right. We're coming over to your house, Super Mario Smash Brothers, and uh, and that's bringing in all the neighborhood people to play together, and it's going to be great. And and but now it's like, oh well, so and so is having this conversation in the kitchen as uh, they're cleaning things up with somebody. It's really important. Or somebody went outside for a cigarette break, and somebody followed them out and is having a talk with them while they're on their cigarette break. I mean, these are the kind of things that happen, and that having that team make sure that none of those people fall through the cracks in those big events. Now, what I'd like out of want to jump off of what Ashley said was talking about the conversation quadrant. That's one of the the pillar tools that we use in helping disciple making communities be able to make progress and pray through the people that they are uh, talking to throughout the week. And so essentially you have this like you know, four quadrants in which there's casual, meaningful, spiritual discovery that's supposed to be the types of conversations as they get deeper and deeper before you get to invite them and their friends to to start a discovery Bible study. And so the idea is that each week you go through and you ask you, you ask how what kind of conversations have we had? And you put the names within the quadrants and then you get to pray through and plan through how can we be able to see this get even deeper with those particular people? That's one of the tools that we use. The other two major tools that we use is to first off and mobilizing prayer is the prayer calendar. So praying for people once, uh, praying for a, with a different person once a day, calling them or texting them, asking them how they're doing and and then developing a prayer network through that. And then the Discovery Bible Study, in which uh, perhaps many who are familiar with disciple making, when you pair Discovery Bible Study along with the conversation quadrants, it allows you to be able to develop relationships with people who don't know Jesus so that eventually we have someone to share the story with as we're (laughs) we're getting through and, and doing that. We'll get back to the podcast in just a minute. Let's hear from one of our CDM members. Several years ago, I learned about contagious disciple-making. I heard about thousands of people and simple churches being formed in very hard places. I was intrigued. I found contagious disciple-making. I read the book by David and Paul Watson. I entered the university that they have, and there I found a community of disciple-makers that are literally all over the world. I'm not alone. I have people who are praying for me and those I'm trying to reach out to. I've learned how to have conversations with non-believers. I've learned how to have discovery Bible studies. And it has been one of the greatest investments of my life. I encourage you, find out about CDM. Support it. Invest in it. Learn. Give generously. You can partner with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com slash partner. So guys, you know, what I'd like to hear next is how has participate, what are some stories about how, as you've been doing these tools week in, week out, uh, people have been learning how to engage the lost or how to be able to take steps forward utilizing these tools. What are some stories that you guys have? I think for me, the conversation quadrant has been helpful for that in our uh, DMC 
in the sense that I will, I'll be able to, uh, you know, we put the names down of the people of the week and then, um, it always helps to have people to brainstorm with, to be like, okay, guys, look, I had this, I've been stuck in casual for a long time with this person. I'm like, I need more prayer here. Or this person, we just had a spiritual conversation. And I think there's maybe a Bible story that I could share here mm-hmm. or a need they've expressed. But what do you guys think? Is there a, is there like a specific story you think of that would be good for this person? Or is there a specific way that I can meet this need that they've expressed? And there have been plenty of times where in our DMC, you know, I'll go in and I'm like, okay, I think there's a need here that could be met based on these conversations we're having, but I really don't know. I haven't been able to think through a good way to do that. And then I'll leave the group after someone else has been like, Hey, why don't you try this out? Like this might, this is something I did and it worked, maybe try it out. Um, so I think, uh, the conversation quadrant has been a very helpful tool in that regard, uh, because it also gets people helping you brainstorm how you can, how you can engage different people. Yeah. yeah. Great there. What else? Um, yeah, just going off of what Michael was saying, there was actually a, a friend of my husband's who uh, shared about struggling with anxiety and mm-hmm. You at the time, you do you want to talk about? Yeah. You weren't sure what scripture yeah. to share. Do you want to share more? So I was just sharing with the guys in my DMC, and I was like, "Hey, what should I share with him? Like, any thoughts?" And some of my buddies said, "Hey, share this one." And so I called that buddy and was like, "Hey, scripture." Yeah, yeah. Share that scripture. I was like, "Hey, have you ever heard this story about Jesus?" I like, said real casually. It was kind of real. Which story was it? Which story it was, was it? the one about worry. You know, like Matthew five, Matthew six. That's really common. Oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like like one that every Christian knows, but he never heard that in his life before. So I mm-hmm. share it for like 10 or 15 minutes. It's kind of an awkward phone call. I get off of it. I'm like, well, that didn't work. But then like a week later, he comes up to me at a party. And he's like, Hey, Steven, I've been thinking about this for the last week straight. Like it's coming, coming to mind. It's been super helpful. Like, oh, I've just been like, wow. Yeah. Like it didn't seem like any power, but it's just cool. Like the team, like giving stuff and giving things to share, you know? Yeah. No, I love how, I love how you worked several things in right there. It's that idea of because you're inside this community, you're reminded on a regular basis to be engaging lost people. And you're hearing those stories as you're eating together with one another. And so when you came away from this fellow who had been really struggling, you didn't have immediately come to your mind of what passage to say, but you went to your community, your friends, and you said, all right, guys, you know, we're on mission together. What do you think? And they were able to come in and to support you. You followed through, came back, didn't know there was necessarily any fruit. But a few weeks later or a week later, there was that fruit that came back in where the guy's like, yeah, I've been thinking about this. It's been really helpful. So now that's a team win. That's not just Steven did a good thing. It's like the whole team is like, yeah, look, we did that. And as we share that inside around the next meal, it creates a couple of things. One, it creates an opportunity for us to all get this, we're in this together feeling. You know, we're like, wow, we are all part of this story together. Two, that, you know, even another team member is like, man, I I didn't know that guy. I wasn't in that situation, but I contributed to helping in that. So now it's like this team win. It's not Steven is engaging his friend now. It's the whole team is behind this engagement. And then finally, it moves into an opportunity for worship. Because you're sitting here like, Lord, look what you did. You created this opportunity. I went back to the body of Christ 
The body of Christ then provided support. I followed through with obedience like I should. I thought it went terrible, or at least it was awkward. And then you did your part. Your Holy Spirit followed the trail of obedience and the word of God made it take root in that fellow's heart. And then he came back and you showed me that we're all in this together. And then you can come back to your next DMC meeting, tell this. And now it's like, hallelujah, we're all in this together. And God is with us too. Isn't that awesome? And I just love that part about the disciple making community. I think we miss out on that a lot, but you guys got it right there in that moment. Exactly what we're trying to capture. Yeah. I just want to say for a moment, let's just praise the Lord for a moment. The fact that he uses his word. And uses his people in order to be able to do something. You know, there's so many people out there. They're like, nobody wants to hear these stories. Nobody wants to be able to, you know, nobody wants to hear your Jesus parable, you know, about this or anything. It's like, yes, they do. That's a lie of Satan. And God uses that, you know. And so we can just thank, uh, be thankful to him for drawing people through his word and using people like us to be able to do that. Praise him. All right. Anybody else? I'll share just about the discovery process and you, the um, disciple making community. And of course, it's very different than doing it with lost people. But as believers, we need to be reading God's word and obeying it and applying it. Um, It's been really great just to be in the word together as a community and practice setting I will statements of obedience. And so we've taken a little time to kind of do some coaching and training in our DMC of what is a good I will statement, what's a bad I will statement, and how can we make sure that every time we're reading the word, we're not just um, obtaining knowledge, but we're actually obeying it. And so setting specific I will statements with one another um, each week, um, and then coming and writing those down. So we break up in small groups because we have 20 adults in our disciple making community and six children. Um, So we (laughs) break up into small groups. And, um, and then we each write, um, our, I will statements down as part of, um, the, the work that we do on a big sheet of paper. And then we come back the next week and, and ask, how is that going and following up and just hearing how, um, like, for example, one, one woman in our DMC, um, through one of the passages that we were reading, actually, I think this was from the prayer and fasting guide when we were reading one of the passages there, um, her I will statement was that she really needed to go to a family member who there's been kind of a, a rift in relationship, but she needs to go back to that family member and ask for forgiveness. And that mm. was a huge, a huge mm. thing. And it really um, made an impact on the relationship and how the, the whole fa- extended family was relating to one another. And that happened as a, as a result of reading God's word and praying and, and asking God, what do you want me to do about this? And so we were able to celebrate with her just that step of boldness and faith that it took to go and ask for forgiveness from a family member. So that's the kind of stuff we're seeing. This is not just, um, you know, check the box. We're doing these things. It's actually bringing healing and transformation in families um, and um, amongst one another. I like that. And I want to jump in and comment off of that because I don't know how many of you guys have been on ministry teams in churches before. 
I mean, I, I sit there, led the Sunday school group, led the led, put out whatever. You know, a lot of times people um, inside of organizations or events, they get really caught up in all of their time being in doing those things. That that the reason that our volunteers inside of churches get burnt out is because they're not growing spiritually because they're not in an environment to grow spiritually. They're, they're spending all Sunday, you know, going out and serving They're you know, instead of being in a small group, they're leading a small group. And so, so there's all of these different things they're doing. So they're not able to grow too. What I like about a disciple making community is it allows you to do both. It allows you to serve and to reach the lost, to be in ministry together make those phone calls, you know, all those kind of things and reach out to people and have a good time doing it. But then it creates an environment where you're growing spiritually as well. And now it's not just all about one or the other. You're actually, it's integrated. We're growing as we're going. And that is huge. And one of the major strengths of a disciple making community. So guys, let me just ask them a, a question here. What has been your biggest lesson you feel like you're, you're starting as a community, learning how to make disciples and stuff? And what has been your biggest lesson you feel, uh, or at least the thing that you value the most of, as your biggest <laughs> lesson, you know, out of this? I'll, I'll step in here. Um, <laughs> Hands down, the biggest lesson that I've learned is a disciple-making community is not a meeting. It is not a an add-on thing that you attend. It is a lifestyle, that disciple-making is a lifestyle. And so we've had people come and go over the years in our disciple-making community. I think a lot of people that come in, they get all excited and they come in thinking, oh, I can just attend this you know, couple-hour meeting a week and check and I can do it. Um, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it takes, um, it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of, uh, consistency, persistence, um, sacrifice, not in a bad way, but you really have to, um, surrender your calendar and your comfort to the Lord. And, um, this is about, um, changing so many different areas of your life, your prayer life, fasting, how you interact with your family, how you schedule your time, um, how you spend your money. It, it, um, it affects everything. And so I think um, it's a really great, I know that there's like a DMC um, PDF form that kind of outlines like what a DMC really is and how it's not just a Bible study. It's not just a small group. Um, and so I think setting the stage up front when you're beginning a DMC to say, this is what this, this community is and what it is not. And um, so setting that expectation up front is really important. And um, it is, um, although it's all consuming, it's in a very good way that it is, this is not just uh, something that teaches you how to, how to evangelize effectively. It, it, it changes, our disciple making community has changed our lives, um, how we parent, how our marriage is, how we plan our time, how we um, pray, um, how we in our, see our community, what it's like when you're walking past a homeless person on the way to the grocery store. What do you, what do you, you know, what's our, um, our perspective on that? It, it's changed everything. And so 
disciple making communities are a it's a it's a lifestyle. It is a um, it's a change of of doing everything, really. <laughs> um, I see a lot of bobbing heads over there from the canes. Do you do you want to add to it? Or, that's right. or let's, let's hear that one. Too. That? Yeah, I think it's just like that change of lifestyle, like learning, like taking people on that journey and like vision casting, telling story, giving small steps, like realizing like how hard that is, like um, like how much of a distance there is to go. Like if the standards yeah. of the book of Acts, like this complete transformation and change just to obey what God's saying. Yeah. It, it's a very big, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, like you kind of said, Jolene, sacrificing your comfort. Um, and then what we've always known church to be like may not reflect what's in the book of Acts. And yeah, that's just, hard to can, bring people along to that. Change is hard. And just learn to be patient about it, you know, mm -hmm. like loving people really well and like accept them yeah. where they're at and just keep on casting that vision and keep on telling stories and taking small steps. It's like, it's heartbreaking, but it's like yeah. worth it, you know? Yeah. You know, and what I really like about what your guys are saying is that this is this is uh, neither on the extreme of you don't have to change anything to be able to do this in life. You're going to have to change in order to be able to do this. But neither is it on the other side where it's like, well, only a few people in the end can really do this because it's so obscure and difficult. You're going to be on those street corners preaching at people every single weekend, you know, and stuff like that. It's it's not it, it's not like this opposite side where it's like only a few proud Marines are going to be doing this. You know, it's like, this is something anybody can do. Anybody can live this life. And it's sustainable in the sense of that, you know, again, I'm not, we're not asking you to preach on the street corner every single week. You know, it's sustainable. It's something that you can do. But at the same time, it does cost. I mean, you're not going to be able to just do what you always have done always or else we're not going to see any change in and around us. you know. But if we start living this life together, what I'm hearing from you guys, it's life-giving. It's not life-sucking. It's not like, oh, man, I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in rags wandering around like Jeremiah. It's like, you know, hey, we're experiencing the joy of actually doing what God said we're supposed to be doing in the first place. And, and that's all Paul of it. I, sorry, I want to move on to this debt just because of time to our next question, which is how has CDM, how has CDM helped you with, and, and the CDM community, you know, maybe the class or whatever has helped you in your journey and your people with you in your journey? How has, how has, how has your involvement with us helped you? I can go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I really think the tools that CDM teaches are very emotionally intelligent. Like we talked about resistance to change at one point and kind of what are the, um, I know in one of the big coaching sessions, what are the stages of change? And I think it could be really easy. You know, we try to bring others along and vision cast to the body can be really easy to throw up our hands and say, nobody's interested in this. But I think CDM really gives like a, okay, here are really small, simple steps and expect it to take time. You know, people are going to be afraid of change. They're going to be resistant. There's going to be a lot of pushback. So, you know, one of the things is um, sharing really small little steps like a prayer calendar. You know, if someone was interested in a prayer calendar, 
teaching them about that, coaching them through the prayer calendar, not necessarily saying this is a part of a movement and you're starting a movement because that could freak a lot of people out. Um, <laughs> so I do think it's really practical the the ways that you guys teach to vision cast to people. Um, so cool. Awesome. That's great. Anybody else? Yeah, I think I can add on to that. Uh, going off of what they just said, it's a lot of, um, just the, for me starting out, it was always growing up in the church. It was evangelism is this thing that, you know, you're supposed to do, you're supposed to share your faith with others. But, uh, for me being a major introvert, that was always really overwhelming. And so I think something that the CDM class and the coaching, as well as just being an intern, um, with you guys as well, uh, has given me is just that realization that it's always, it's just small states. What's the next step? What's the next concrete little thing that I can do that's going to help me down the road, be the kind of disciple maker, the kind of believer that I want to be. And it's not, um, like the Canes were saying, like this overwhelming, Oh, I need all of this at once. I need to master everything within, you know, a six week, 12 week class or something like that. It's, it's simply, kind of building this habit of what's the next step that I can take and yeah, to move forward. And I think that's been very helpful. Awesome. awesome. Well, we've loved taking that journey with you, Michael, uh, in all that. I would like to share. Um, I would say CDM really um, not just, so whatever everyone has shared, absolutely like giving us the next steps, but CDM does this with you. So you are not alone. So when you're learning to do a prayer calendar, um, I, I, I've been at multiple different trainings that Paul's been to. He's like, put me on your prayer calendar. So we're doing the prayer calendar together. When they're talking about um, GC squared prayer and how to do that, we're doing that together. So we're getting on Zoom. They're teaching us how to do it. So you're, they're not just giving you a concept or a, a philosophy or some strategy and then just saying go do it they're doing it with you and so you're learning and so by the time it's time for you to go replicate that and start your own dmc you know exactly what you're doing because you've been doing it over and over and over again week by week with cdm and then the coaching um too this is not a cookie cutter uh step one step two step three and boom you'll see a movement it's messy it's complicated we're doing this in the U.S., which is there's all different kinds of aspects to that. And so we're trying to figure this out together. And so the coaching is not even it's not, not optional. It is mandatory. There's no way that you could do this. There's no way that you would sustain um, continuing to do this if you didn't have someone coaching you. Um, there's very there's all different kinds of scenarios where you're you're stuck and the, there's an ideal, Paul always talks about, there's the ideal situation um, that it would be <laughs> but then there's all these other factors that can get in that, that can complicate things. And so what do I do in this situation? It's not gonna be exactly the same for each person in each situation. The principles remain the same, but the tactics can change and the way that we approach it can change. And that's what has really been helpful for me to see okay, in this situation, this is the route we need to go. And in this situation, we need to take this route, same principle, but different, two different routes. And it's helped me be able to coach other people 
that are getting started too of, oh, okay, I've been there, done that. Here's the different things that you can try. This might work. This is probably a better approach, but try this. So the coaching has been um, amazing. Uh, the community, the online community of, I don't know how many um, thousand or whatever people are on the CDM um, Facebook page that anytime we're going out and engaging a loss, we're posting prayer requests, pray for this, pray for that. And people are going on typing out their prayers. And so there's a community of people that are doing this with us. Um, and, and that's been huge. And so, uh, I think no one can can think that they could go pursue DMM without a, a community of people around them doing that. And that is what CDM uh, provides. You know, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up with our last question here for just a second. First of all, thank you, Jolene, uh, in, in that um, I'm going to be asking you uh, if some if if someone were to ask you, why should you start a disciple making disciple making community or why a disciple community? disciple making community as opposed to something else, you know, uh, what would you say to them? I'm going to be asking you that question. Uh, but I just want to say to follow up from all these people, you know, um, we're just thankful for all your guys' friendship. You know, that's one of the things that we really try to do here at CDM is to, to not just have coaching relationships or, you know, whatever is to have friendships with people and to, to say that we're here to do this together, literally. So, you know, those of you who are out there who are wondering, you know, I I want to get this started. I don't care if you're the 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 head of a several thousand person church, or you're just nobody in the middle of nowhere, just one person going, I just want to do this, you know, type of thing. And you know, whichever one that you are, you know, we want to be able to walk alongside of you to do this thing that is difficult, but it's worth it. It's like that parable that says that the man that finds a great pearl and sells everything they had in order to be able to, to, to get it. And it's worth everything and it will cost everything, but goodness, the result is going to be uh, everything we want to see, the transformation of our cities and the people in the lives of ourselves and the people around us. That's going to be worth it. So guys, let me ask you, someone to come to you and either ask, you know, why start a disciple making community or why a DMC as opposed to something else? What would you say? I can go. Uh, I'm a big fan of this uh, video game series called Halo. And uh, in one of the games, there's a line uh, that one of the characters says, he says, you got to leave the lone wolf stuff behind. And I think that's definitely true of disciple making. Um, you can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. Um, and I've realized through being part of a DMC that if it weren't for a community of people around me, supporting me and walking this out with me, holding me accountable to, you know, like the I will statements, doing the things that I say I'm going to do and uh, encouraging me, praying for me, praying for my engagements and me praying for them, I would have burnt out way way back you know um, <laughs> and without that community i will burn out and so um that's what i would say you gotta you gotta leave the lone wolf stuff behind well michael i got you back even though even if that's a kick in the pants i got your back <laughs> all right what else guys <laughs> yeah the the disciple making community is action oriented and so every small group i've ever been a part of it's all about knowledge. Like we're going to discuss our insights of this Bible passage or of the sermon or, or whatnot. And um, a DMC is so different in that we are, we are strategizing. We are seeking the Lord, asking him for 
for um, strategies on how to how to apply, how to reach our, our city. And we are we're taking steps. So anytime we're reading the word, anytime we're in prayer, it results in action and we're holding each other accountable to that. And so the fruit that comes out is far greater than any small group I've ever been in. You actually can see it. You can see it. You can talk about it. You can celebrate it um, because actions coming out of out of the word and out of prayer. And it's a community of people that are all have that like-mindedness of we're here to see God move and we're here to obey, hear God and obey God. And so there, there's, there's no place for passivity um, of just kind of showing up, um, which, which is very different than any other small group that I've been part of. Nice. Canes. Well, they've pretty much said it. Like, yeah. We've been hearing this stuff for like a decade, like the stories of movement and just ditto without team, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can't do it. That's really the truth of it. Yeah. I think in the West, we forgot we're so individualistic that we've kind of, we think, oh, the group holds us back, but really we're kind of wired. Like we're going to be the most consistent in a group. And, you know, like Michael said about burnout, we're, we are wired to do things with other people. We feel the most connected the most loved and known when we're in a group. And yeah, I just think the consistency part, it just, it's not there if we're on our own. Uh, we're not going to go long-term. Yeah. My African brothers um, that I, you know, got to hang around with when they were in the process of starting movement and everything. Uh, they like to tell me, they say, you know, Paul, the African proverb is this. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, you go with your family or a community. And I think that uh, we know that being focused on catalyzing movements is, is a long-term vision. It's a long-term goal. We're not something that you can achieve in one month, two months, six months, or even a year. Most likely, it's going to take multiple years, even upwards to 10 years. Or as my buddy David Parrish likes to say, you know, 14 years for them. But now they're baptizing 35 people per day. And it's the community of people in a disciple-making community. It's that team. It's the family that comes around that enables us to stay true to the course, even when things get hard and even when things are, are going well. And uh, to learn from one another, to encourage one another, to lean forward in prayer, to learn the names of each other's kids. That's important. And uh, all of those kind of things in the process. And uh, that's why I'm so glad that we have this actual community that we are a part of. So those of you guys out there who want to be able to say, how do we get started? Well, contact us at team at contagiousdisciplemaking.com. And we can be able to talk with you about how you can learn to start your own disciple making community and be guided into that process. Uh, and you, too, can have the privilege of knowing these people inside of our community as we come together for weekly prayer meetings and disciple-making communities online as a global team. And we just uh, you know, are so grateful. So thank you so much, guys, for coming and talking with us about disciple-making communities and uh, both in the beginning of the process and then also one that's been on the road for a little bit. Thank you so much, guys. God bless. God bless. You know, guys, this is really a uh, just an awesome uh, time because I, I tell you, this is this is something that is so important now in this day and age. You know, a lot a lot of people are saying right now, so many bad things are happening. What do we do? And it's like, well, we just better hunker down and just you know go into our hidey holes. 
right now, this is the time for us to lean forward. We need to lean forward, band together in communities and be able to seek those who don't know Jesus, do good for our communities, knowing that hard times may be coming should make us lean forward because we have a big God on our side who will be able to help us be able to see things, uh, you know, transform in our cities and the people around us rather than shrinking back in fear in that. I'm Paul Watson, and this is Rebecca Ewing, and you've been listening to the CDM Podcast. Like, share, five-star rate, and review this podcast. You can listen to our full premium content by becoming a $5 a month supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash faithworks, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash faithworks, or click on the link in the description. Thanks for listening to the CDM Podcast. To hear part two, become a supporter on our Patreon page. If you're listening in the CDM app, you can click below or you can find the link in the description. For coaching or other resources, connect with us at ContagiousDiscipleMaking.com or download the Contagious Disciple Making app.